flu season. It's almost here again, and it's time to get your flu shot. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we're going to be talking about how to survive this flu season on Access Health Radio. And boy, talk about surviving flu season. I'm Mike Davis, by the way. Glad to be with you. And boy, last year was a tough flu season, Dr. Forrest. We had a lot of deaths here in North Carolina. Can you tell us how to avoid getting really sick from the flu this year? Yes. uh, People forget that the real flu can be fatal. And many times when people get a bad cold or a cough, they think they've gotten the flu when in fact the real thing is much worse than that. I think some of the newer stuff we're going to talk about today is that the risk for heart attack and stroke can actually be several times higher for people who catch the flu along with the risk for pneumonia. So I'd like to take some time to provide some information about how you or your family can avoid being one of its latest victims. Uh, First of all, the flu is a shortened name for influenza virus, and it's different than what people commonly refer to as stomach flu. Stomach flu is what people call viruses that cause vomiting and diarrhea uh, from what we call gastroenteritis. And the flu that we're talking about today is a respiratory virus, and it affects your lungs and upper airways. So how do people know if they have the flu versus one of those regular colds, the common cold, or some other virus, Doc? Well, again, I think a lot of times people think that uh, the flu is just a severe version of the common cold, you know, with with a runny nose and some cough and that kind of thing. But, you know, colds often do kind of start slowly. Uh, The flu hits you like a ton of bricks. You know, it comes on really quickly. And uh, many people who actually have something called adenovirus will think they have the flu. Uh, It has more coughing, and a lot of times it'll start with a sore throat, and it'll give a little low-grade fever, and it lasts longer than a regular cold. So a lot of people, uh, I think, get the adenovirus and think they have a flu, whereas the real flu is really something much worse. So uh, there's some tips that might let you know. So first of all, if you've got the real flu, Typically, you're going to have a fever over 100.4 degrees. Uh, usually, that's going to be for several days in a row, too. It's not like, you know, where you, you get a fever for one day, the fever's gone, the next day you're fine, and, and it's it's normal again. Uh, when you get the flu, you're going to have that sustained fever over 100.4, uh, sometimes for as much as a week. Um, another sort of key feature that may distinguish it is a lot of times you get sort of achy muscles. Uh, it feels, uh, you know, in your back and your arms and legs will be achy. Uh, you know, and this isn't from, you know, doing exercise or anything like that. You just feel achy for no apparent reason. Now you can get that to a lesser degree with things like adenovirus if you get a little low grade fever, but it's worse with the flu. And the reason is because your body responds to the flu by putting out these chemicals to fight it. And those chemicals, one of the things they do is they give you sort of that achy feeling, Um, things like interferons and those type things that your body puts out to help fight the flu, they actually can cause some of those symptoms. Another thing that's more common to flu is is having chills and sweats. So typically with a cold, you know, sometimes people might feel a little chilly, but they don't get hard chills usually. They don't shake. Their teeth don't chatter. You know, they're not breaking out in cold sweats and things like that. So that's more common. Uh, Headache, uh, if you get a headache, especially early on in the course of something, uh, and it's associated with a fever, more likely to be the flu if you get that. And one thing that distinguishes it uh, from some of the more common bronchitis type coughs 
is when people get a bad cough and they start bringing stuff up and they're coughing up lots of mucus and things, they assume that's a bad cough. But the cough that comes with with uh, flu, which is actually more dangerous and can lead to that fatal pneumonia, is usually a dry cough. Uh, where you're not bringing up anything at all. So if you're coughing up a lot of stuff and a lot of mucus, it makes it actually less likely that you have the real flu. And then along with all this, you're just going to feel, you know, what, what doctors like to call malaise, uh, but it just really means you're wiped out. You know, it feels like you've uh, hadn't had sleep for three or four days. You have no energy. You just can't hardly get out of the bed kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, things like nasal congestion, they aren't usually as bad with the flu. Uh, there's usually less sneezing. There's usually less runny nose with, with flu than, say, cold and allergies. Um, and you can have a sore throat with it, uh, but the sore throat usually is actually worse with some of the other respiratory conditions you can get. Now, how are you going to distinguish it? Well, if you see your physician and they examine you and, and look at your symptoms and, and do an exam, they may be able to tell pretty quickly it's the flu, but you can do a rapid flu test in the office uh, that can be just a nasal swab that can tell you immediately if you do have, in fact, uh, you know, the an antibodies and antigen for flu right then. Uh, so you, there is sort of a, a test, almost like a strep test for flu that's available. But a lot of times doctors won't do that if they're pretty sure you have it. They may go ahead and treat it, especially if it's in the first two days. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. And that brings us to our Access Health Tip of the Week. You know, the flu virus can travel six feet uh, in the air with a cough, and it's also contagious through the air. So if you are coughing, cough into your elbow to avoid spreading things like the flu. And if someone else is coughing, make sure you stay at least six feet away. Uh, the flu is much more easily transmitted and stays contagious outside the body in colder, drier air. So as we head into fall and winter, uh, it's much more likely to be contagious. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Great information, as always, about the flu. And straight ahead, we'll talk more about flu season this year and how to survive it on Access Health Radio. Thanks for joining us today on Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. And as always, seems like each week we get more and more emails uh, wanting to know about uh, that week's topic. They've got some follow-up questions or they want more information uh, about your practice in Apex. Dr. Forrest, uh, where would you direct folks to go if they have any questions uh, about your practice or they want more information? Well, after the show, you can always listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com. So if you missed part of the show and want to go back and listen to it, or if you have a family member or a friend that you want to hear the show, uh, they can always go to WPTF.com and listen to that on-demand podcast. And we also provide links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. Uh, if you'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, you can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or call 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190. And if listeners want to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have those questions answered on the show like we did a few weeks ago with our mailbag show, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also send us an email directly to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. Uh, and, and if you want to put your contact information in, that's fine. But uh, send your questions. We're glad to answer those. Uh, and uh, just so you know, I went in that mailbox the other day 
and there were 700 emails waiting in there. So I, I answered some folks and told them told them to be patient. I was going to get to all of those, uh, but they uh, they that do, was just that day's they, emails, they, right? They, <laughs> they, they they were ones that had built up a little bit, and uh, so they can accumulate a little bit. So uh, I am catching up though, and I try to try to individually answer those when I can. Uh, one of the questions I've been getting on that since a recent show we did. Uh, is about the website where people can go and look for the lowest prescription uh, prices. Uh, and that website is ahdrx.com. Uh, again, that's a website that you can search by zip code for the cheapest price on prescription medicines in your zip code. And uh, I have heard a rumor mm-hmm. that uh, in the near future they're going to be adding pet medications to that. Really? Uh, and that those prices are going to be 80 or 90% less for pet meds than wow. most people. And uh, also medical supplies and equipment, things like crutches or wheelchairs, those kind of things. So, again, for those that have been asking about that, it's ahdrx.com. And I don't want to spill any beans, but I've also heard rumors that there may be an app coming. Yes, I have heard that uh, they are working on an app that will be available uh, in the uh, iTunes App Store and also in the uh, the Google Store as well. And with that app, you can literally go to your pharmacy and use the app, and they you get the price that they guarantee on the app. And you also, you know, when you're you're using that, you also get rewards points for having used the app. So you're getting the best price and you're getting potentially cash rewards back. So uh, something we're definitely taking advantage of at our office and a lot of our patients are. AHDRX.com. Got it. With an app on the way. How convenient is that? We are talking today about flu season. And uh, what I'm curious about, Dr. Forrest, is how can we prevent the flu? Well, despite what you might hear about the flu shot, uh, it is still the best way to prevent getting the flu and dying from the flu. And, you know, some years the vaccine has not been as effective as others. Uh, but even in one of those years when the vaccine has sort of missed the target and maybe it's only got 10 to 30 percent effectiveness, that can still save lives. Uh, it does take around two weeks after you get the flu shot to become fully protected. So get it as early in the season as you can. Uh, we've started giving those at our office. We normally start at the beginning of September, uh, and many times we'll run out within about a month. So it's recommended for uh, those over six months of age, including pregnant women. And there are higher dose vaccines that are meant for older adults that are slightly more effective, but they may also have a higher cost uh, than the regular vaccine unless your insurance covers that fully. And the live vaccines, like the nasal one, has not really been recommended in the recent years. It's been less effective, and uh, people also just aren't that interested in getting live vaccine. We have vaccines now that are inactivated, and people don't have to worry about catching the flu or anything like that from them. Uh, The second best way to avoid the flu besides getting the flu shot is avoiding crowds during that peak season, uh, washing your hands, and don't touch your face between hand washings. Uh, So, you know, if you have been around some folks or a big crowd, uh, been shaking a lot of hands or been, you know, uh, sort of turning a lot of doorknobs in public areas uh, and your eye itches, don't scratch it. Uh, And if you do see somebody coughing or sneezing, you know, try to try to keep your distance uh, as much as you can. Uh, Now, if you're somebody who has the flu, please try to be considered and sneeze or cough into your bent elbow. 
You know, people used to sort of cover their mouth with, and nose with their hands. And what we found out was that actually just going, doing your sneeze into your elbow was much better because we typically don't open doors and answer phones with our elbows. And so <laughs> those germs don't get transmitted as much as when we uh, sneeze right on our hands. Um, so uh, surfaces can also harbor the flu, especially when it gets colder and the humidity is lower. So, you know, disinfecting surfaces that others might have touched recently is also a good precaution. What about, Doc, if I start to get some flu symptoms? Uh, you know, I've done everything I can to prevent it, but now I think I might have it coming on. What, what are the first things I should do? Well, there is a treatment for flu, but it really has to be started very early in the infection to be effective. And it's called Tamiflu. It requires a prescription, and you must be diagnosed within just a couple of days of getting the flu for it really to work at all. So if you are particularly susceptible to, uh, you know, maybe you're really young, really old, or you have a weakened immune system, if you do think you're coming down with the flu, you need to get immediately treated uh, by the, your physician uh, with the Tamiflu and see if they can sort of knock that out. Now, if you do not get Tamiflu, then everything else tre treatment-wise is symptomatic and supportive care. So, you know, you want to keep your fever controlled as well as you can with medications like acetaminophen or ibuprofen, and you want to stay well hydrated. That's also really important. Now, medicines like ibuprofen and, uh, you know, Aleve, naproxen can be a little rough on your stomach in some cases. And so acetaminophen is sort of the go-to here, but acetaminophen really is only in your system helping with fever for about four hours. So what you can do is sort of stagger it. You can do acetaminophen, and then maybe the next time you take a dose, it could be ibuprofen. Maybe the next time it could be acetaminophen, and that way you can keep your fever and aches down really around the clock. Uh, and don't over-medicate, especially with things like antihistamines and over-the-counter uh, cold remedies. Those are really only slightly affected, and, and they can have side effects like interacting with your other medications. So rather than a combination symptom medication, pick something to treat the thing that's bothering you the most. For example, if, you're, if the thing that's bothering you the most is cough, uh, then the dextromethorphan or DM products can help some. Uh, if you're congested, uh, using nasal sprays like Afrin or oxymetazolazine, as long as you're not using that for more than three days, uh, it can really help as well. And then you can also get the uh, over-the-counter pseudo pseudoephedrine as long as you don't have uh, severe high blood pressure. Uh, however, all of those things can have side effects, and they can all interact with prescription meds. So if you're in doubt about whether or not you should take something, make sure you contact your physician. Um, you know, without Tamiflu, the flu will usually resolve in about a week, but it can lead to some severe secondary problems or infections like pneumonia. Uh, and I mentioned earlier today, there's an increased risk of heart attack and stroke uh, in people who get the flu. So if, if after your flu symptoms resolve, you get sick again with shortness of breath, you really need to see a doctor right away as you could have a secondary pneumonia. Doc, just a quick question. If you do uh, get it early and you get that Tamiflu, uh, about how quickly does that take care of it as opposed to not getting it? If you get the Tamiflu, depending on how early you get it, it normally is going to shorten the course by a couple of days okay. and make it a lot less severe. But, you know, if you've already had the flu for three or four days, really getting the Tamiflu doesn't doesn't work at that point. So you got to get it early if you're going to make it work. Mm -hmm. Why are some years so bad for the flu and others not? 
Well, you know, each year the flu has a different strain. Um, it's sort of like one of those three-number combination locks, except in this case there are two main numbers. The first number is after an H, and the second one is after an N. Um, I think it was H3N2, uh, at least last year, and some years it's H1N1. Uh, some strains are more aggressive and deadly than others. Um, you know, when they make the flu vaccine each year, they actually have to guess what the combination is going to be based on what they see in the other half of the world where flu normally originates each year. Um, and the strain can change mid-season. It can mutate. So it might be they're seeing, you know, an H3N2, and all of a sudden halfway through the year it turns into an H2N2. Uh, and it's just hard to predict that. So uh, there is work being done on vaccines that will work on multiple strains. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a quadrivalent vaccine is what we're using right now. Um, and some strains like that of the 1918 H1N1 wiped out entire populations of people. So some of these, some of these strains are particularly deadly, and we never know when that's going to be the one we get this year. What makes the flu deadly versus other viruses like colds? Well, some strains of flu cause a severe reaction in the lungs, and that can lead to inflammation and fluid in the area where oxygen is supposed to get into your blood. So in effect, that can sort of cause you to drown, even though you're not underwater. Uh, and that intense reaction in the lungs is what often leads to death, uh, even in people who are otherwise young and healthy. And as mentioned earlier in the show, catching uh, the flu also makes you more likely to have a heart attack or stroke. And besides those risks, it also takes a toll on your body and your immune system, which makes it so that if, if anything else comes along, you may not be prepared to be able to fight that off either. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Access Health Trivia of the Week is next. This is Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. We're talking about the flu today. Doc, how do listeners know when it's okay to make an appointment with a physician versus going straight to the ER? Well, it's one of the hardest things for people to decide. You may have heard stories about people who got the flu, went to see the doctor, and still still died soon after that. So whenever you feel like your breathing is compromised, uh, that is you feel like you're sort of short of breath, can't get enough air, uh, just sitting still, it's probably urgent enough to go to the emergency room. And if you get the flu and you, know, you get it in the first day or two and you've got a dry cough and body aches and fever, but you're breathing okay, you should see a physician ASAP so you can get Tamiflu. Uh, but if it's later than the first two days, again, uh, you know, and you're having any trouble with your breathing at all, you still want to get immediate care, possibly at the ER if you have any shortness of breath. And that might be the smartest move, especially if you get those symptoms and you're in a high-risk group, meaning a really young child or you're over 65. All right. Thanks, Doc. Time now for the trivia of the week. The flu of 1918 infected 500 million people and killed 100 million people. At that time, nearly 6% of the entire population uh, was wiped out. Thank goodness these type pandemics since the 1918 Spanish flu are rare, but they can happen in any year. And, Doc, that's all the time we have for this week. It sure is, so make sure you go out and get your flu shot to protect yourself this season. Our scripture this week comes from 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 19. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Thanks, and until then, God bless your health.